Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 146. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. I'm Squishy. And I'm Zook. And we come to you in a kind of interesting setup here. We are covering CES, which means we are in Vegas. Except for Zoner. Yeah, I, I'm home crying. Yeah, so we're uh, three of us are in one place. Zoner's in the other. So if we all sound a little bit different, that is why. This is kind of an interesting setup we have for recording. But uh, we want to quickly get underway. We have a lot to cover this week. Oh, yeah. Big week. All right. So special thanks to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Which is even cooler, I can say that now, because I've met the CEO of Stitcher. (laughs) Not that I'm going to name drop or anything. (laughs) It has been an awesome, awesome week for tech. And we've been able to see all of it with a front row pass. However, not all of it has been at CES this week. We actually have some non-CES headlines to get out of the way first. So let's go ahead and do that. First up, Samsung managed to sneak an announcement in. And even though Samsung is here at CES, they didn't announce this at CES. CES. Yeah, that's kind of odd. But they have announced the Galaxy S5 in April. Or they'll, they'll release it in April. Didn't the S4, like, just drop? No, it's almost two years old now. The S4 is? <laughs> no, it's... Is no, it it's really? a year and a half? No. No, it came out last year. I got my S4 early last year, so... Um, yeah, th- th- this is kind of a, a big big uh, drop of news because uh, the S4 wasn't really that well received. Um, and so... With Galaxy S5, they're trying to almost reboot the brand. Yeah, it was first unveiled in March of last year, so they really are just about on time for one year later. I guess so. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you're right. It was released in April. (laughs) Yeah, it was in April of 2013 was the S4. So now we're heading into the S5 in spring of 2014. About a year. That's a good amount of time. I guess that makes sense. It just feels like, and maybe I think I understand now why I think that it's brand new. It's taken the uh, carriers a long time to start stocking it in the stores reliably enough that you can go into any store and buy an S4. Right. You know, because they, sure, it was released in April, but for the first few months there, you couldn't find it. Yeah. Well, And, and like I said, the, the reception wasn't that good for the S4. They had that really cool uh, keynote for it. Um revealing it which was really cool really high um high intensity uh showed off a lot of the features but then once it came out everyone was like well so what none of these features do me any good um and the form factor was almost identical to the s3 people didn't really take to it that well so i I think with the s5 they're trying to break the bounds again and, and try to win back their customers what are they trying to do different with the s5 um, it seems we don't have a lot of details, but they are trying to do more eye eye tracking with it, a um, little more um, actively uh, engaging the the user. So they they also have something that they have here called the wraparound display, but no one knows what the crap that yeah, is. No, we can't really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a fingerprint reader, which was rumored to be on the S four before they actually announced it. Yeah. 
Well, and and the wraparound display is being rumored on a lot of devices, including the iPhone six. What number are we on? <laughs> iPhone six. Uh, so the wraparound display, we really don't know what how it will work. Whether it's, uh, I would like to see a front, you know, uh, touch touch display, and then like an e ink display on the back. Which we did see a, a device like that at CES, but yeah. Um, now um, something that we haven't seen here at CES, but we have seen a lot of here in Vegas, strangely, are the Galaxy Gears, yeah, the little watch display things. So, you know, wh- what's our pull with the four of us here? Are we thinking the S5 will have a tighter integration with Samsung's wearable tech? Definitely. Yeah. Well, and that, that yes. was another part of the uh, the announcement is that they're going to release another version of the Galaxy Gear. So maybe we'll see. Either slimmer version or more integrated. And to be honest, the gear, meh. I, I, I Schmitty liked it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I sat there going, I, I don't know what to do with this. This is yeah. awkward. If I had the money right now, I'd be wearing one. So, but, but again, we, we discussed this while we were here bumming around Vegas. Schmitty typically um, adopts tech around eight years before everyone else does. <laughs> I, I adopt it four years before everyone else does. So, and if I had the capability, I would have I would have built it myself ten years before people adopt it. So, you hipster! <laughs> I made this before it was cool. <laughs> okay, uh, into uh, some Bitcoin news. Well, I don't know if this is Bitcoin news or Zynga news because it's kind of both. Zynga, the Game manufacturer, Sunville no. Two and Cityville, and the, the the game stealer, the game stealer, the game yeah. stealer. Yes, yeah, the hack of the game world uh, is working on taking Bitcoin transactions. So you know, when you're not busy buying nuclear warheads or trafficking in humans, you can play Farmville. <laughs> yeah, this this is kind of big in both in both Zynga and and Bitcoin worlds because. This will be the first time that Bitcoin is integrated into a game system. And, well, not a game system, but a game dynamic. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how well this works for the growth of Bitcoin and for, I mean, the usage of. I mean, Does this give Bitcoin an air of legitimacy? <laughs> I don't think so. I. Talking about Zynga here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you could pay all your bills reliably, if you could buy and order a Domino's pizza online and pay for it with Bitcoin, that would give it more legitimacy. Or if we were seeing it through a games distributor like Microsoft or Sony. If, or Steam. If, or Steam, sure. If you could make Steam purchases using Bitcoin, that would give it that uh, that air. As it is, I mean... Pay for the the freemium games that Zynga makes are the, all their app purchases. All the purchases are kind of a um, an impulse buy, and I don't see people using Bitcoin, arguably the hardest currency to come by, for impulse purchases. But that's me. I just I don't I don't see this is actually hitting the correct market. Well, it it might and. Mainly because right now the uh, the value of the Bitcoin is it, it's hovering around a thousand dollars, and it can be broken up into I think ten million smaller uh, smaller pieces. So um, arguably, it, after you're done buying your your drugs and your weapons, and you have a you know 
few ten ten thousandths bitcoins of le left, you know, you can go buy it some virtual cows. So, <laughs> just an idea, I guess. Uh, hey, speaking of a game you can't buy with Bitcoin, Halo Five is coming. In the least surprising news in the history of yeah, video exactly. Games. Hey, you know that super successful uh, game franchise that's made Microsoft a whole lot of money. Um, they're making another. Is this going to cause you guys to go out and have to buy a uh, yes. Xbox One? <laughs> yeah, if I don't have an Xbox One by then, I uh, I will definitely be buying one with Halo 5. <laughs> you know, we've played one here, though. Yeah, we've, How we've many one. people do you think it's going to cause to go out and buy an Xbox One? A lot. I think this is the reason they're doing it. And I think this is the reason they didn't do it at launch. Yeah, they needed to get it out, get the the system launch, get the infrastructure set up, and make sure that the new system runs perfectly before they put that out there. So they're going to get the first adopters. They were going to get their 3 million units sold regardless of what type of games were out there for it first year. Halo 5 is about winning next Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's smart of them. But we've played the Xbox One here at CES. Uh, we played Gran Turismo. Uh, Forza 5. Forza, Forza 5, not Gran Turismo. <laughs> wow. I fail. And it's uh, it was fun. It was cool. Plays exactly like an Xbox. And it... Schmitty and I had an argument about the aesthetics of it, but that's for another show, perhaps when we have a little less content. Um, it plays like an Xbox and looks pretty. That's yeah. The the graphics on it are a little better. I, well, and this, this we're we're kind of <laughs> divulging off, diverging off into a split topic here, but really we're not going to see a whole lot of reason for the next gen game consoles until the next gen games come out right, right. and sorry halo 5 and forza 5 are not next gen they're not breaking the mold they're just simply an incremental step that we all knew was going to happen in the lines that we've already been playing yep right right uh, sausage <laughs> right into lego simpsons news you know you haven't pulled out the sausage card for a long time well you know in vegas it's been happening a lot more often and notice I said card as opposed to just saying haven't pulled out the sausage for a long time. Oh, oh, I, I didn't hear that. Um, yeah, so Lego decided to go with the Simpsons for a new uh, license property, and they are releasing a massive set of the Simpsons house. And when we say massive, we mean just plain huge. 2,500 plus pieces. That's amazing. $200 price tag. Now, admittedly, you know, Lego gets away with this. I see this all the time. Like, my daughter got uh, Lego, you know, the, the girl Legos for uh, for Christmas and said, over 200 pieces in this bin. And, like, most of them were, like, bits of flowers and a tree. Yep. I mean, such small little things that I don't consider them pieces. But, sure, it's 200. A lot it's of this, still a piece, though. Yeah, a lot of this is, like, small details. And when I say small, I mean like Homer's tool bench probably has 300 pieces itself. Yeah. Lisa's camera has three pieces. And... <laughs> yeah, but uh, but the point is, there is Homer's tool bench. There is Lisa's camera. The house itself actually splits open, kind of like the old doll houses. So you can actually go in room to room and move the characters around. The minifigs, the renders anyway, look awesome. 
other than they all look like they're on antidepressants. <laughs> There's only so much you can do in that small amount of space. Well, I, seriously, I think they need to change the eyes because... Well, what I wonder about this new partnership and where it could potentially lead to is how long does it now take before we see Lego Simpsons, the video game? Oh, not long. <laughs> because I've given it six months. Yeah, it's now probably that already up, in development. I'm sure it's already in development. Expect it, I'm guessing, at E3 this year. But that large of a cast of characters, it makes all the sense in the world. That would be gigantic. Yeah, considering how fast we saw Lego Marvels after yep. the deal. So, yeah. Look at Ryan Reynolds to play Homer. <laughs> yeah. All right. And finally, in some really weird Google news. Uh, Google has decided to let strangers reach out and touch you. Boo. That sounds like a dirty joke. Really, it's a reference to an old, uh, I think, AT&T ad, uh, which also sounds like a dirty joke. Right now, if you want to email someone with their Gmail account, you have to know the Gmail account. Sounds pretty, pretty straightforward, right? Well, Google has made it easier now for people to get in touch with you who don't know your email address. All they have to do is send an email to your Google Plus account. Well, that's fine. No one uses Google Plus, right? Uh, if you have a Google account, you have a Google Plus account. You may never have visited it. You may not have anything that you've posted to it. But if you've used Google and uh, Picasa or if you've posted anything, or if you have any images from your Google, your Gmail inbox, guess what? You have a Google Plus <coughs> account, and it has things on it already. No, I, I think I have to disagree, disagree with you on that, and I, I think we'll have to do a little fact-checking here. I'm, I'm amazed we haven't done that yet. But the first time you, you visit Google Plus, you, ha you still have to set up your profile. And while your profile exists there, it's not public-facing until you actually actively set it up um so i i think that you're wrong there i can't be sure but i'm gonna go with schmitty on this one um so so i don't think everyone's going to have a public profile that being said this is still a, kind of a shady thing that google's doing they will have a security setting in in gmail on whether or not you will allow this and it's still too early to to know whether or not that's going to be already set or already turned on by default or not. So either way, I'm, I'm not liking this and it's, it's one more needle in the haystack to get me to probably switch away from Google. So needle in the haystack or uh, straw in the camel's back, straw on the camel's back. Thank okay. I, I, I'm getting my analogies muddled. Trying to help here. Thank you. So while, uh, so, but yeah, that does seem a little bit weird and we'll look more into that, uh, for next week's show, but Google, it, it seems like we're going to talk in a minute about a company that's making some great steps. Google seems like they continue to just falter with every little thing we hear about them. They haven't, they need a big win. Google is really overdue for a big win. Yeah. Now into our CES news. And the first one is. A company that uh, just decided that it needed some wins as well, and so did it. We had the opportunity to sit down. We didn't sit down with, I should rephrase that. But we got to go to Marissa Meyer's 
uh, keynote address, day one of CES. She is the CEO of Yahoo. We've talked about her before on the show. We've gushed about her. And I won't lie, I'm a big fan of her in general. Uh, but she had a keynote presentation where it was revealed that she had been named um, number one on Forbes' list of top 40 under 40. And she's the first woman to have ever made that list. Uh, she is only a few years older than us, which makes us feel like horrible underachievers. Hey, we've got a podcast. <laughs> I think she's actually younger than I am, which makes me feel like the biggest loser on the earth. Yeah, I. the woman is incredibly talented, um, and we had the opportunity to hear what she had to say about Yahoo and about what they were doing. It was a pretty good keynote. I mean, there were a bunch that we've missed that we haven't felt like much. This one, I'm glad we went to. We got serenaded by a lounge singer, which was meh. SNL came on stage and did a live version of the Weekly News, which evidently a lot of tech journalists don't have senses of humor, yeah. a sense of humor, because no one was laughing, even though it was pretty funny. Well, that did kind of tie into a theme where a lot of the media that was being presented at CES didn't really seem like it was applicable to the audience of CES. Every headphone booth we went to, they were playing music that I'm sure the daughters of a lot of the guys at CES listen to. But Yeah, I'm missing that's... the mark as far as audience goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but first up, you know that thing called Google Now? Yahoo has their own that they're bringing out. It's supposed to be cross-platform. It'll be web-based. And okay, they, they announced that. They're showing some screenshots of it. They don't have a launch date for it. They don't even have an, an actual name for it. But, okay, it's pretty obvious they're going after Google. That makes sense. Sure, they, they have their own knockoff. That's great. On to the next thing. Um, and how about their what is it, their News Digest app? Oh, yeah. They show us that, and it is unlike anything you have used anywhere. Uh, the News Digest app, which is taken just from Yahoo News, is... It's a, it's a twice-daily updated news source. That they so it, it's kind of like um, getting your news how you normally do, but they actively go through all the popular articles in the last twelve hours, and then editorially make a shorter version of it. So the, the audience that they're um, targeting here are the people on the go trying to trying to digest the uh, the news for the last twelve hours really quickly. So they they. Um, edit them in a way that you can digest it really quickly with all the extra stats and maps and pictures that uh, go along with it. Yeah, it's designed to be sort of a first thing in the morning app. You get out of bed, you grab your phone, you check your text messages. Oh, I had this open. You flip open Google Di or Yahoo Digest, excuse me, skim through eight or nine pages, and you've hit the top stories of the day. So it gives you a good yeah. uh, overview of the news with some great links to more information. I, I'm loving it. Yeah, you actually I, installed it. Yep, you're, you're yeah, I installed it, got it on my iPhone. Now, um, now, we should point out, it is only on iOS. For which is, they're not doing it for the Windows phone? They're not doing it even for Google. They're not even doing it for Android. They don't even have a web version of it. Yeah. It, it's Which is kind of, that's odd to me, that I believe that will change. But it is a gorgeous app. Even if content aside, even if it didn't have all the great content, it is actually really well built. My, my personal guess on that, knowing absolutely no inside information, is it's a fairly demanding looking app. 
It's very visually striking. Very, There's a lot going on. My guess is that they were able to develop it first for the iPhones just because of the specific hardware. They could tailor it just to that so that they could get the best possible experience and the best buzz around it. Yeah, I would expect to see it launch to other platforms. I would as well. Android. Yeah. <laughs> but when we say other platforms, we mean Android. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, well, maybe a, a Windows 8 Metro app. Oh, possibly. That, that wouldn't be. surprise me. You keep telling yourself that there'll be support for the Windows phone. and No, no, I mean that. Windows. Oh, well. The Windows 8 Metro app. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. Well, so the thing is, is that Google does not have their own version of that. No. So that was, that was something where they were coming out from under Google's shadow. Yeah. Then they decided to launch their actual news networks. Uh, now, right now, they only have the food site and the tech site. Well, and, and by news networks, I mean, Yahoo has been doing news for years and years. They're, frankly, their sports division is probably the best investigative sports department out there. They've broken more news, Yahoo Sports has, in the last few years than any other news network. What they're getting into is sort of the, the, the digital news magazines. Uh, and they introduce their their food, but also now what uh, Zook is getting to is I'm assuming sorry to step on your toes. Oh, you're fine. Their uh, their new tech site, uh, Yahoo.com/slash/tech, which is beautiful. It is really beautiful. It it is a website, so it's it doesn't matter what you're on. Uh, it works on any smartphone, uh, tablet, on your browser. And it is nice. It is well-built. It is concise. I can't really describe it in enough words without me just sounding like a fanboy. Well, if you've, if you've been to um, the Verge's site or um, I use an app on my phone called Appy Geek, it's, it's, it's similar to the theme of those, um, the, of the Verge and Appy Geek, uh, in the sense that all the articles are, are blocked out with, with really, crisp uh, background images. And when you click on the article, it has this nice animation uh, sliding into it. Uh, very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Uh, very quick. Um, each article has its own permalink. Even though you're on the same page, the link will, will go to that article. Yeah, that was something I really liked about it, is that it doesn't actually take you to a new page. It yeah. just expands. It's as if it expands the tile you read as much as you want, but you stay on the same page, so you can just keep scrolling through. Yeah. Not 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 very revolutionary, but very good for a news site. Uh, think of it, if you're familiar with Flipboard, yeah. the, the app, Flipboard, and it's a very, very handy way to uh, get through news. Think of it like a better Flipboard that you don't have to make yourself. Exactly. And, now, again, like we said, they only have the food and the tech right now. Uh, you can visit them. Go to yahoo.com slash tech, yahoo.com slash food. Uh, again, I'm sure other ones will launch soon. But we've been using it like crazy. It has oh, become yeah. the best way for us to keep up on news. And it, it seems very feature-rich because they're, they are using, like for the Yahoo Food, they're, they're using actual food professionals to call the articles. Um, and they're writing articles themselves. Same with the tech site. They actually have tech editors and writers and publishers um, to put this news out there. So. Yeah. Uh, and and, and the, uh, I want to say it was Katie Couric that actually came out and announced this one to yeah. us. So. Katie Couric was there, too. That was a surprise. Yeah, very did much Did you guys see her? Yeah, she, she came out. Did, um, did you ask her any questions? Because that would just be awesome. 
Uh, we, we did not have the chance to. We, uh, we, by we saw about, her, we mean we saw her with 1,500 of our closest friends. Yeah, we, we thought about running up on stage and say, hey, Katie, it's us from Stolen Droids, remember? <laughs> that time with the restraining order. But uh, we You did. really should have. Yeah. Uh, now, on this one, this is really going after Bing because Microsoft has been trying to make headway with content in addition to its search engine to not great effect. I mean, it looks really pretty, but Bing is often lacking in content. So I think with this one, they really did a, a number over on Microsoft. But the next one, the big one that no one saw coming, was Yahoo Smart TV. Yeah, this was more of a tease. They, they dropped some table, uh, TVs down on cables and kind of teased it, uh, what it would look like. And then they went into uh, the UI and uh, very smooth looking. Very smooth say. looking. We had actually, the three of us had to drive down to Vegas. And on our way down, we all had a kind of philosophical discussion about what we want to see about our smart TVs, what we want to see out of our media centers. You know, with Roku making a bigger splash now, Google TV, you have the Apple TV. I use the Windows Media Center. Uh, there's a lot of options for you, and none of them have quite gotten it right. Uh, and then we, over the course of a few hours, we kind of hammered out what our ideal solution would be. That is to say, I want to watch an episode of Big Bang Theory. And your device, whatever it be, be smart enough to go, well, there's a live showing of it in a half hour. There are these episodes on the iTunes Store, these episodes up on Hulu, uh, or on CBS.com, or wherever it is and not make you go find it. It brings it to you. And then we saw this keynote, and we find out, oh, so I guess Yahoo's been doing that for us. Yeah, It's nice of them. It beat, hands down, beat the pants off of Apple TV, Windows Media Center, what I've seen of Roku, what I've seen of uh, TiVo. TiVo. And I'm not very familiar with Google TV, but it seemed like such a smooth interface. It, I can't imagine. It, it beats Google TV, too. It, <laughs> it, it left our jaws on the floor, how they were able to keep this under wraps and do such an amazing job on it. I can't wait to see it launch. Well, let me ask you this question, Zook. With, with having seen what Marissa Meyer presented and all the Yahoo stuff, who would you say they are most directly targeting? Are they specifically going after Google? Are they going after Microsoft? Who is the who is the giant that they're trying to bring? They down? are going after us. <laughs> and I don't mean stolen droids. I mean the <laughs> consumers. They are going after us. They have they have fallen by the wayside because they've been trying to adhere to a 1999 model of the internet for so long. And, you know, most people take for granted how much the internet has changed. We don't use things like we used to. Uh, Google has notoriously been expanding its capabilities, but really it looks kind of the same as what it did. It's kind of nostalgic, if you will. Uh, Yahoo isn't nostalgic, it's a dinosaur. It not only looks like it did in 1999, it acts a lot like it did in 1999. It was a dinosaur. <laughs> but, but now with yeah. this, it's a whole new game. Now, yes, they are going after Google. And at one point, they showed uh, a Yahoo Mail account up on screen. And all three of us were going, why are they showing a Gmail inbox? <laughs> exactly. Oh, identical. that's the Yahoo Mail. 
Yeah, I think they took some inspiration there. And it seemed for a a few minutes early on, probably in the first about 10 or 15 minutes, they kept talking about Yahoo moving into mobile and Yahoo making a greater presence in mobile. And we had that thought for a moment that they were going to announce their own mobile service, but that ended up obviously not happening. So they're, but they were definitely poking. They poked the bear quite a few times and announced that they're not going anywhere. Now, I will say this, uh, and I, I've discussed it already with these gentlemen here. When the news of the NSA came down that everyone was being spied on by the NSA, Yahoo was the only tech company that was able to go to the secret courts and appeal and get permission to say that they had nothing to do with it, that they fought it, that they... Because, again, and this is an episode many, many, many months back, but... How do you tell the world that you had nothing to do with a spying program that doesn't exist officially? Because you can't say that you had nothing to do with it because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Even though that now everyone knows about it, they actually were able to get permission. They're so far the only ones who have been able to get permission. And right out of the gate, you knew that Yahoo was looking for your information. Then they were the first ones to launch the mandatory SSL secure on all of their sites, not just their inbox. All their sites now run off of that. Um, then on top of that, you have things like this. This has been a good year for Yahoo. Yeah. And and not to stretch this out even longer, but it, Yahoo's in a very good position now. With all this stuff going down with Google, and I mean down in a literal sense, um, it, things can only get better for Yahoo if they, if they keep up this... Uh, um, this path this path yeah it's it's looking good so you may find me uh, a yahooligan by the end of this year <laughs> that, so that says if something that's right there. yeah if that's the case schmitty what would you do regarding your phone that's a very good question and i'm glad you brought that up um i'm pouring water on it right now no <laughs> no I'll, I'll probably keep android phone for a while um until uh steve actually converts me to the dark side completely uh so, yeah, that's there there is a Yahoo Mail app on the iPhone. Yeah, there, and on the Android phone too, well, and on the Windows phone. <laughs> they have apps for Windows phone. Was that new news from? We have breaking news from CES that there is actually now third party support for the Windows phone. Now, um, into completely other news, and there is no gentle way to segue this. Sausage. Yeah, Audi has a car with lasers in the headlights. Freaking lasers on its head. Now, (laughs) admittedly, it looks cool. It's a hot car. I mean, it really is. It's trying to evoke the old, uh, the original Quattro rally car, the two-door coupe that uh, first brought Quattro to the mainstream. And in that way, it looks really good. It is a sexy, sexy beast of a car. And the headlights look really cool. It's still a concept car. But... And it's still a concept. But no one has yet been able to tell anyone. We, we weren't able to find out. Uh, Jalopnik wasn't able to find out. I mean, no one has been able to find out, one, why, and two, how. Now, logic tells us that a laser will be able to hold its beam focus for a much greater distance than, say, a normal halogen or xenon bulb, right? So that makes sense why you'd want a high beam of lasers. But you're going to be blinding everyone in your path if that's the case. exactly. Logic also states that lasers are so focused, (laughs) I want to see more of the road than, say, you know, two two two-inch diameter circles. (laughs) 
Oh, 500 yards out. That was a pedestrian well, in front of me. <laughs> on the plus side, though, if you hit a deer, maybe it already will already be cooked. <laughs> deer jerky. <laughs> it just incinerates things ahead of you. Yeah, I mean, if you thought you hated getting <clears throat> flashed by high beams before, you're really going to hate it when you're blind. <laughs> and then you won't hate it because you won't be able to drive and see. Yep. All right. <coughs> Now, uh, Vizio, the uh, the TV company who likes making waves in tech and just screwing with people, uh, they're kind of the Leroy Jenkins of the TV world. <laughs> they <laughs> they have decided to get rid of 3D in favor of 4K. Now we've talked about this repeatedly. Actually, I want to say that I, I predicted this well, last week. We last week. Yeah. last week we questioned if this would happen, and one of our listeners, Tanner, actually reached out and said, hey, you need to talk about this because you just discussed it. Yeah. I mean, it's it makes sense to me. Now, granted, we've seen a lot of 3D, 3D TVs here on the floor. We saw one with a really cool lenticular um, overlay that allowed glassesless 3D from multiple positions. Yeah. And it worked pretty well. It, looked, it worked well, okay. They're getting better. It's, yeah. We've never seen one of these in... in in the wild. And so it was really neat to see it work. Um, if you weren't in one of the sweet spots, it looked weird, but yeah, uh, they're getting better. But 3d does definitely seem to be a passing fad. It's easy for manufacturers to throw in there. So, Hey, look, if you're, if you're spending $20,000 on a huge 100 inch 8k TV, sure. You might as well throw in 3d as well, but it's almost pointless. What we've noticed is that the better the 4K gets, your mind just kind of fills in the rest. It doesn't need 3D as much. In fact, the 3D almost seems to d distract yeah. from it, which is which is unfortunate. Um, LG has many a 4K offering. In fact, we were talking about this beforehand. It's all over the conference center. It's on billboards. They have that 105-inch curved display, 4K display. They have a huge web, uh, huge presence in the central hall. And when we say huge, we mean a wall of TVs, easily 25 feet, 50 feet tall, um, and 100 feet long, all working in concert together to show you these huge 3D images set to really, really, really poor computer-generated images. <laughs> the whales were pretty cool. The whales were pretty cool. <laughs> really, you couldn't get Pixar for this? But, I mean, they have just a huge presence here, and they're really pushing the 4K down our throat. That's okay, in my mind, because 4K is getting a lot cheaper. Uh, Dell just announced that uh, this year you'll be able to buy a 29-inch 4K monitor for, like, 700 bucks. Yeah, and I think Vizio announced... Uh what was it, a 46, 46 inch 4k TV for under a thousand dollars. So they're, they're getting affordable. They're, they're getting, they're getting there. The problem is we've discussed, um, and it's a real, it's a very true problem. 4k display is such high resolution that most cameras can't capture it. <laughs> and even if the camera could capture it, the display you're going to be looking at it on can't display it. Right. So the best digital representation of a 4K TV we can get to you, the listener, is going to be 1080. That being said, taking video of a 4K TV makes it look like 
you're really there in the lo- at location filming the actual location. Yeah, I think there was a <laughs> I think there was a, a a setup that we had. Oh, it's a 50 inch Vizio's 4K Ultra High Def 50 inch for about thousand dollars. Yeah, no, there was a, a setup that we had Schmitty uh, film, and it looks like he's actually there in this sunny field with uh, you know flowers blowing up. Blowing around and a bird flying in the distance until he zooms out and you realize it's a TV in a very busy conference hall. <laughs> I, so pretty cool. I just think it's going to be one of those things. Squishy, I want to say that you actually said it best. The people who were late to adopt the 1080, it's going to be the same thing here. They just won't see. Right, and and I, you know, I have the worst eyesight of really anyone I've ever met who can actually see. So I love the idea of a big screen. I love a big, very clear screen as well. However, I wasn't as blown away by the difference with 4K. Uh, you know, comparing it to a standard, really high quality HD, it was a little more crisp, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Part of the problem there is, is the same issue we have with showing you, the listener, 4K, is showing us, the tech industry, 4K, I was like, check out how awesome this episode of this TV show that wasn't filmed in 4K right. <laughs> looks on a 4K TV. Or, or yeah. some of them are trying to do a web stream of a 4K. And it just doesn't work. So, And let's let's be honest. The ultimate way we need to explain, or at least the ultimate thing that I need to explain, is how do I explain the difference to my wife? Yeah. Say, okay, sweetie, mm-hmm. we have this 50-inch high-definition TV for $600, or this other 50-inch that's 4K for $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> now... I think this will take about five to ten years for it to actually get to the general public. Because yeah, what, what was the, the the pushing marker for HD to get to the general public? Uh, broadcast TV. Yeah, yeah. Once broadcast TV went to HD, then everyone started getting HD TV. So until we see broadcast TV getting to 4K, which won't be for a long time, we won't see this flood the general market. Yeah. Well, and I remember, what was it, six, seven years ago? Six. It was six years ago. When I still didn't have an HD TV, I still hadn't seen anything in HD. And I'm a pretty, you know, I'm right there on the line. We went over to your house, especially yeah. for, for um, Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. And it was being able to see an actual broadcast of something I'd normally see all the time anyway in 1080. Right. Because with HD, I used to demo it for people all the time at my house. I was one of the first people I knew to have a high-definition TV. And my favorite thing to show them actually was NASCAR. mostly for unknown reasons, really. But because of the the amount of information on screen and the level of detail, I'd show a standard definition channel, flip over to the high definition feed, and it was one of those things that could easily show to anybody. My mother can see the difference. My grandmother can see the difference. Yeah. 4K, will there be that much of a difference? Especially, I think, as as Schmitty was saying, we start to get more content. Mm -hmm. Netflix seems to be the biggest one I've seen so far is putting out. House of Cards is going to be in 4K. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of TVs, Roku is launching a line of TVs. Yeah, this is surprising. Roku has been um, a really good source for um, a lot of what we would consider web TV. Um, and, and in a very, in set-top boxes. Yeah, sorry. in a set-top box. Uh, it a very, it's a very good solution for people that don't really get into the Internet a lot or want an easy solution for a a smart TV experience without actually having to buy a smart TV. Um, so, yeah, they, they announced an actual TV with that Roku capability built in, which 
uh, kind of makes me, uh, I mean, it, it's a little exciting. Uh, it's another contender in the smart TV market. But how much like a smart TV will it be? We're still unsure. Yeah. Uh, now, another big buzzword coming out of CES this year has been wearable tech. <laughs> Everywhere has been all about wearable tech. How many smart watch stands have we just blown through? Two dozen. Three dozen. Easy. Easy. It It's become such a buzzword that, that people are using the term wearable tech to show off their headsets. So it's it's becoming the buzzword, um, but the actual wearable tech that we've seen has been just the same stuff the same we've stuff. seen for years. Yeah. It does, it's not advancing. I'm sorry, even the Samsung Galaxy Gear, it's nothing more than a Casio watch with a nicer display. Uh, I, I'm still waiting for that next step. So, word to the wise, if you are, if someone is looking at getting you a bit of wearable tech, wait. It just seems, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. We're not sure if it's there yet. And it, they haven't really explained to me why I should bother. You know, having a nice watch, great, that's what my phone is for. Getting alerts, that's what my phone is for. How about directions? That's what my phone is for. Snapping pictures? Uh, I've got a phone for that, and a camera, and a, pa a tablet. And, you know, it, it hasn't yet explained to me what gap in the marketplace it fills. What gap in my life is it filling? But look, you can look socially awkward with a device that is totally out of place <laughs> just to have a redundant feature of something that is socially acceptable. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's I, definitely I, for a niche market. I I see the point because I'm part probably part of that niche market. But again, eight years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but and maybe because it's part partly because I'm lazy, uh in a lot of those instances where I want to quickly check a notification it's a lot easier to check my wrist than pull out my phone. So, right. Yeah, we talked on the way down. That's I don't right. think wearable tech in the terms of smart watches will really kick off until Hollywood adopts it, until you start to see it in movies, start to see it in TV shows. I saw Once they start to make it cool. Jackie Chan had a smart watch that controlled his tuxedo. Uh, Dick Tracy, anyone? Yeah, Dick Tracy. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the actual device. James Once Bond. you start to see, you know, when, okay. when Jack Bauer is using a Samsung smartwatch... When, you know, the cast of the Big Bang Theory is talking about their new smartwatches, that I think will really help to get it into the public's eye when they make it cool. Right well, now, it doesn't look cool. And, well, and speaking of not looking cool and, uh, and, and in people's eyes, we've seen a few Google Glass here. Quite a Not bit. on the floor. Well, not being demoed on the floor. Just in the wild. Just in the wild. People walking around with them in the wild. And you know what? Everyone notices. It's still so obvious. It's not accepted. No one can even tell what it is they're looking at. They're not using it. They're just wearing it. Well, Are you sure they're not using it? Well, that yeah, that's that's one thing. Fair point. Sure, but I don't see people looking at it in in derision. Uh, yes, they are getting noticed, but it's, it's more like it's more like a huh? They got Google Glass. Okay. They're looking right at me. Oh, so they were the one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that people at first are trying, people will see someone with a Google Glass here and then immediately try and follow their eyesight, try and follow their line of sight. What are they doing? What, what are they yeah. using it for? What are they doing? Oh, he's just ordering pizza like everyone else. Okay. <laughs> or they're turning around and walking away from it because they don't want to get yeah. a camera on them. Yeah. But it's another one of those instances where no one can seem to explain to us why you need this. Now, uh, into cell phone news, AT&T made an announcement uh, that, unfortunately, I was not there for. 
But if you want more at 4G data, you can get it for a small, you know, fee of ads. Yeah, it looked like they're moving into sponsored data. Uh, it's been compared to uh, 1-800 numbers. Some of the stories I've seen that will allow specific sites to register with AT&T so that when users go to their sites, the user isn't actually using their 4G number, so it's not counting towards their cap, but the site. So, for example, if Amazon, for example, were to register <laughs> with AT&T as a sponsored data site, anytime you went to Amazon.com when you were out in the wild, instead of it counting towards your 4G number for the month, it will be a free, uh, free visit, similar to making a free 1-800 call. Yeah. So I can see this more being for um, big broadcasting sites like NBC, maybe even like AT&T's own site, um, things like that. Probably not Amazon. But Probably not. I, I just got an idea for a pure hypothetical that would, I, I think, break a lot of minds. What if Netflix were to do something like this? Oh, man. If Netflix, it, it, pure hypothetical based on just random guesses from my mind, something like a Netflix or a YouTube were to become a sponsored site where you could go to that site without it counting towards your data. Yeah. Well, it, in, in kind of related, not really news, but there are certain carriers, ISPs that won't let you play Netflix. Sure. For that reason. So, I mean, <laughs> I've got that's kind of a reverse. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. reverse. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a good, with I, I have a good friend out. who has Verizon Fios, who's on the verge of canceling his Netflix because their streaming service is almost unusable at night because so many people are using it and their cap is so hard. That's so. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on the flip side of that, we have T-Mobile, who has become kind of the um, the <laughs> arch enemy of AT&T after their whole buddy-buddy, buy-me-please oh, yeah. deal fell through. Earlier this week, at a CES party, uh, the CEO... Mr. Legier uh, or Ledger or everyone says his name differently. Um, he crashed the AT&T party wearing a bright pink T-Mobile shirt. He got a legitimate pass. So he didn't really crash it. Well, he didn't really crash it. But he realized kind of, well, you know, I can get a lot of free advertising for this. And our ad budget is kind of small. So he went and attended the AT&T event just to get thrown out by security. Yeah, he, he didn't do anything. Security just noticed him and said, sorry, you got to go. And he was escorted out by four security guards. Um, so good job there giving free uh, advertising to him. But in an interview this week also at CES, he said flat out, the cellular industry sucks. Uh, he used those words. Mm -hmm. He pointed out that most cellular carriers have a profit margin in the 90% range. I mean, I knew they were making a lot of money off of us. But that's ridiculous. That is horribly <laughs> so. And so he has a pledge to try and lower that, try and take care of that. But in addition to that, if you leave your service carrier and break contract with them to go to T-Mobile, they will pay your early termination fee up to $600. Will they really? Because I'm actually looking to jump. Yeah, they, they, they will take care of that, including, I want to say what is left on your phone. Yeah. If you still owe on your phone to your previous carrier, they will also take care of that. Now, there is a flip side to that. And the flip side is, this is T-Mobile we're talking about. 
That doesn't, that's not meant to sound like a slam. I'm on T-Mobile, and I really like them. But the fact of the matter is here, between the three of us, you're Verizon, mm-hmm. you're AT&T, AT&T yeah. I'm T-Mobile, and when we're sitting there at the CES conference floor, I'm the one stuck at 3G speeds, even though I'm on T-Mobile's quote-unquote 4G. Yeah. I have full bars, full service, and I'm stuck at one megabit down, while these guys are moving at 27 megs. Unless saturation is headed for that area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's been happening. The fact of the matter is, it's a slower network. It just is what it is. I also pay probably one-third what you guys pay. Sure. So take it for what it's worth. If yeah. you're looking for another carrier, this may be a good option. But unfortunately, just no... They're kind of turning into the cricket of... Or, or the net zero of cellular world. I don't know that I... I don't think they're falling that far. Well, but it's more of a you get what you pay for. Yeah. Yes. You know, there, I, there's I a trade-off there. Yeah, I had several Cricket phones throughout the years, and back in the day when I, I lived in Salt Lake City, and Cricket would only work inside the boundaries of Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. If I took it out to Wendover, if I went up to Idaho, my phone didn't work. That was a fair trade-off for me because of how little I paid per month. Yeah. So if you adjust expectations properly, well, it it does seem that. Uh, their lowering of prices is is matching their quality, but I, from from what he said this week, I'm I'm more willing to bet that all of this um, has been a lot more uh, for for the consumer instead of oh we ha- we better match our quality. But I I think we will be seeing an increase of quality because they will start to get more customers because of this. They'll be able to put more money back into their their infrastructure. Um, Unlike cricket hasn't done that yet. Yeah, but. exactly. <laughs> so I mean that I don't think it's because of quality. All right. Uh, into uh, some mobile device news, and we're not covering a lot of mobile device, like cell phone devices, because frankly, you'll be able to read, go anywhere, and read it like crazy. But we did see something that is worth noting: Mophie, the uh, manufacturer of many external batteries, primarily for iPhone, announced something called the Space Case. This thing is quite inventive because not only does it have the external battery that increases the iPhone 5's battery life by 80%, but it also doubles the onboard storage. We had to sit down and ask talk with them because all three of us sat there going, wait a minute, how is that possible? The iPhone wasn't built for expandable storage. It turns out they do it through an app. Right. Mophie has their own, personally, their own designed app that runs inside your iPhone that allows you to access the content you put on there. So you have this case, which was relatively small, didn't add a lot of size to it. Right. Maybe widened the the phone in general by three quarters of an inch. If that, an inch at, yeah. at most an inch. And through the Mophie app, you'd be able to access the pictures, the documents, the videos, uh, etc. that you stick on there. So it allows you to double the speed, you know, double the battery life almost. They said up to 80%. Even if you figure they're shooting the moon on that a little bit, you're going to get a 60%, 70% bump. Also gets you near double the memory size without having to upgrade phones. I, I'm, I'm sold on it. That's what I'm highly looking forward to in the new year. All they need to do now is include a, um, a wireless charging system built into it. If they could do that, I think they'd be the triple threat. Sure. Yeah, I, I broke a lot of hearts with the wireless charging booths this week where every time they showed me a really cool wireless charging station, 
I would then ask, great, so do I have to take this out of my OtterBox? Well, yeah, kind of. It it has to touch the phone. So that that's a technology that we'll, we'll be looking to see in the future. Okay. Uh, and uh, just finishing off here, because we're kind of running behind here, and we have our, our CES awards to get to. Uh, Steam also made a presence with their Steam Box and Steam OS, but yet didn't. They had a huge booth. And we got great video of all these different devices that run the Steam OS. None of them were turned on. None of them were even plugged in. And at first we're thinking, okay, well, this is the back of the booth. You know, this is just showing off the devices. Let's go around to the front where they had no devices. It was a really odd booth. They had a huge space. Entrance to meeting areas. Yeah. I don't know. They might have had playable uh, models behind closed doors. But it was a little weird. I mean, considering these are launching soon. Yeah, I mean, the, the, they could have gotten the award for missing the point because <laughs> there were no playable units, no demos. We couldn't even see one with power running through it. Yeah. Um. So, to, their main audience is walking all around them trying to figure out how to get in. How to get in, and they're invite only meetings. It's yeah, yeah. Missed the point. Good job. Um, oh, and I got to play an Oculus Rift, and it made me physically ill. <laughs> okay, now we have our own CES awards that will be replacing our favorites this week. Uh, first off, we have a few different uh, general awards that we want to cover with you guys, and then our own picks. Now, Zoner unfortunately, is kind of out uh, of this one, but you, you can sorry, see... Sorry, Zoner. Sorry. I'll, I'll listen through my tears. Yeah, he'll just he'll be the silent sobbing sound you hear in the background. <laughs> Oh, that's that sobbing. didn't that's... sound like sobbing. That no, sounded no. more that's... like something else. Don't Thank you, Dr. Lecter. Um, so first off, uh, of the 2014 CES Stolen Droids Awards, Most Unexpected Gem. This is one that we had no clue we were going to see there. We didn't even know it was in the world. We just happened to walk by it, and it snapped our necks around and made us pay attention. And that goes to PenClick. PenClick, P-E-N... C-L-I-C, this is a replacement for your mouse. And even when you see it, it doesn't work the way you think it works. Um, I really screwed up when I very first sat down with them. and I was trying like, to use it like a joystick. I was trying to use it like a joystick, yeah. It basically looks like a very, very small mouse with a pen coming out of it. And I tried, and the pen moves, and I thought that's how you do it. You use it like a joystick and it didn't work. It was the worst looking thing ever. I'm like, what kind of crap is this? How did you get a booth here? What a joke. And then the gentleman had to come over. No, no, you're you're doing it wrong. It turns out the entire base moves as a mouse. You just hold the mouse like it's a pen. It has a scroll wheel on there. It has a, a click and a right click on there as well. They switch around. So if you're holding a pen, if you imagine your pen is your mouse, the click is your index finger. And the right click is the thumb. And using this, I mean, it literally took me two seconds at that point to completely change my input method. He was surprised that I was able to do it so quickly. It was really quite amazing. You should check it out. There's a video online. We'll have a link for it as well. And we actually and got... we got an interview, so we'll put that up on, on our YouTube page, too. Yeah, so it was definitely very, very cool. Uh, biggest ripoff, not the best award to get, uh, <laughs> actually goes to the entire city of Shenzhen. Uh, in China. Yeah, we as we were walking around, we noticed that a number of booths advertised as being Shenzhen companies. 
Couldn't figure out whether this was a large Chinese electronics company. Turns out it's a region in China that's very, very friendly to business and manufacturers. And let me just sum it up by saying, I, I think the term intellectual property rights doesn't really translate too well into Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, this was insane, okay? And when we say a lot of booths, we mean pretty much the entire Las dozen. Vegas. Yeah, the entire Las Vegas <laughs> Hilton area, most of the uh, most of the Paradise Conference Room, quite a few in the North Hall, and a whole bunch in the South Hall. Like, they could have had their own conference. And when we say a ripoff, I mean, I walked up to one, said, oh, that's interesting, Beats headphones. No, wait, those are Pete's. Pete's. <laughs> the P is in where, psychology. Where the P was rotated around. Yeah, the logo for Beats was literally flipped around into a P, and it was the exact same headphones. Squishy walked up to a game company, it's like, oh, it's the it's a PSP or the PlayStation Vita. No, no, this is brand new. This is ours. And all of them seem very, very confused that we have already seen this product. We know what it is. And this is a shoddy imitation to it. Because to them, they have just launched a brand new thing that just happens to look like a Mofi juice pack from four years ago. <laughs> so good job, China. So I have a question for you. Did you happen to see Dr. Dre there threatening to bust a cap in some Chinaman's backside? No, or... no. We we saw the Chinese version of uh, Dr. Prey. Uh, he was there. <laughs> we, we should explain for those who are already offended. Zook is, in fact, half Okinawan, which means that he has the right to make those types of racist jokes. If Schmidt or I had made those jokes, we'd now be hearing it. I'm looking dirty, forward to... Dirty, dirty Shenzenites. Anyway. Shenzenites. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, most, on. most overcompensating in a booth. The booth where they have the most to prove and they want you to know it. And look at us. Aren't we shiny and new? Goes to, surprisingly, Audi. Audi did not have the largest booth. I mean, the, the Chevrolet one was pretty huge. The Ford one was quite impressive. Mercedes could have taken it. They were there, you know, they were close. And then there were, you know, LG's was quite pretentious as well. Very huge. But Audi built an entire building on the conference floor out of carbon fiber, it looks like. Every tile was lenticular. So as you walked past, the entire building shimmered, had obscure entrances to make it look kind of like a high-tech cave, bright white tile, impeccably lit um, different uh, areas. And only two cars. Only two cars. No information about the cars. Barely a name about the cars. No people walking around to help you. A whole bunch of tech demos that weren't labeled, didn't work, and didn't even tell you what they were trying to demo in the first place. And so little room to walk around that people got stuck in there. Not to mention a few walkways that were so horribly designed that they nearly took our heads off while we were trying to flee the display. <laughs> it was just a really, really weird... It was opulence just for opulence's sake, and it didn't make sense. Uh, good job, Audi. Um, into Squishy's pick. So my pick for the favorite thing that came out of CES is an odd thing for this show, but it's in my wheelhouse. WWE World Wrestling Entertainment, the professional wrestling group, has announced their own network, but it's not the kind of network we would have seen a few years ago. Instead of being a typical network on something like Comcast or DirecTV, it's going to take advantage of their WWE app 
to offer both live services where they have new programming premiering each week, as well as access to an online database of thousands and thousands of hours of on-demand programming, but will also include their monthly pay-per-views. These monthly pay-per-views typically go between $35 and $60 through the traditional TV subscribers, yet the whole service is $9.99 a month. Now, this may just be the introductory price. They do ask for a six-month commitment on it, but this could be an absolute game-changer in moving away from the old guard of TV because I'm sure the people at Comcast are not going to be happy with this choice if they start to lose major pay-per-view revenue. Right. Very, very cool. Uh, my pick uh, was Airback. We got an interview with these guys. These guys were pretty awesome. They are a backpack and case company. We thought they were pretty, they were right there in the middle of the Shenzhen area. We thought it was going to be gimmicky. They pulled us in. They told us about it. They loaded Schmitty and I up with laptop backpacks fully loaded to the gills. Schmitty and me. <laughs> with loaded to the gills with weight, with a whole bunch of different hardware and whatnot, and their proprietary um, air bladder system. It's a way that they actually inflate part of the backpack. We couldn't even tell we were wearing them. There was that slight pull on the shoulders. I mean, your clothes do more, honestly. And then they released the air bladder, and all of a sudden, all that weight came crashing down on our shoulders. And for people like Schmidt and I, who carry... Schmitty and me. No, because I carry my backpack. For people like me or for people like I? Anyway. Anyway. He's right. So, I am. Not that we have a show here to do or anything. For people who if carry their it, entire office on their backpack, this is the way to do it. So I really have to give them props for it, and they are my pick. Uh, my pick uh, of CES is um, Intel announces... Edison. It's a 22 nanometer dual core PC, the size of an SD card. I'm a big fan of this because uh, I I picked up a Raspberry Pi. I, I'm really into small computing. Um, not only is this the size of an SD card, but it's the shape of an SD card. Uh, it has built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Uh, it connects to its own app store. Very ultra low power, um, and uh, it, it runs on runs on Linux, so you have to be a Linux fan to, to use it. But I'm really excited for this. It's releasing mid uh, 2014, so very cool. Well, those are our uh, our certificates of approval that we will uh, send off to people. I'm sure it'll mean a lot to them to get awards from us. Yes. <laughs> well, all right. Well, that is our show this week. Uh, be sure to check us out, StolenDroids.com, and our YouTube channel. We will have interviews being posted to this. We also covered the IAWTV award show. We got uh, some red carpet passes that we'll be bringing to you as well. So uh, until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. May the force be with you. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.